0: And welcome to the Leading Line podcast. Chris here. I hope you're staying well and keeping safe. And we are back after a week delay. It's all my fault. I uh, got super busy. And then some other stuff has happened, which we'll cover in a wee second. Uh, but yeah, we are back to cover the, the penultimate weekend of SWPL2 action. And um, we're also going to have a wee chat about some transfers in SWPL1. because There's been some business getting done ahead of the Champions League qualifying draw, which we'll also have a wee chat about. But I say "we" a lot because, I, of course, I'm joined by my good friend, Campbell And Campbell, how are you doing?
1: Hi, I'm a bad Chris. I'm a bit non-stop like yourself. Uh, it's very warm outside, so I'm roasting, but had the best burger in my life this afternoon. And that's a bold <laughs> statement, but it's one that I fully back and now ready to talk about some football, having not done so in bloody ages. So yeah, I'm good.
0: I'm delighted you've had the best burger in the world. I think that's 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 a pretty good compromise considering what's happened. Um yeah, last week it was on me, busy week, and I just I had to KO at one point and that's exactly what happened. But we are back and yeah, we, we had some uh, things decided, the SWPL, SWPL2 this weekend, and the thing that was decided was the champions, uh, Aberdeen, who took on Dundee United up at the Care Park, the regional performance centre. Um, this was a game I was planning on going to, and literally uh, about five minutes before I was about to jump in my car, I got a wee track and trace notification, so I've been sitting in my flat since Sunday, um, and I'll be out by the end of the week, so that's, that's nice, but yeah. Slight, slight curveball, and it was a little bit frustrating because obviously there wasn't any coverage of this game and everyone was really keen to see. But yeah, Camel, if I had made my way up to, to the RPC, Care Park, um, it would have been over pretty quickly. Uh, they went 2-0 up inside nine minutes and 4-0 up inside half an hour. Put any notion to bed that Aberdeen might slip up after their defeat last week?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the perfect start. Obviously, they'd, they'd defeat the Hamilton, but bounced back pretty well quickly. Obviously, with the important win um, against Patrick Thistle on Thursday night, and it kind of set them up. Going down to play United too, obviously i have had a few players missing in previous weeks and we're, kind of, we're in the last chance alone, if you will, where they had to win that game and Aberdeen made sure that wasn't happening. It's a very powerful start. Um, and as you say, when you're 4-0 up that early on, it, it does become fairly comfortable. And obviously United then pulled a few goals by a couple of goals back as the game went on, but it's a win that Aberdeen were needing and obviously they've got it and now they can go into the last game of the season with no pressure knowing that they're up and they're up as champion. So it been a very good season. Um, obviously coming up last year and then with everything that's went on um with coronavirus and what have you, Aberdeen have done really well and I've been I've been the best side in the league, I think, it's probably fair to say. And I've been at the top from right at the start. So fair play to them and it was good for them to, to finally get that job done.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, as I said, two goals in the first ten minutes. I think three other their standouts um, or did the damage against United. As you see, a very much depleted Dundee United uh, on Sunday. But uh, an early goal from Eva Thompson fought by Francesco Ogilvie, and then they just doubled it up again. So it was Eva Thompson Francesco Francesca Ogilvie. Holly Napier got a goal back for United at time, but 4-1, everybody kind of knew the direction was going going in. Bailey Hutchison with her 18th of the season, and then Jadon McLaren getting a, a second consolation for United. But 5-2 victory. I think pretty much from that first weekend, Campbell, where they, they they actually played Dundee United and they won 4-3. And that was a particularly entertaining game. But then they followed that up with that that heavy victory over Burnham. So I think from that point on, everybody kind of suspected that this was going to be Aberdeen. I think the only question that came up came about Aberdeen was obviously after the break, what impact that would have. And it, it didn't at all. And that that's credit to the players and Emma Hunter.
1: It is. I mean, that first game was a good example where United were ahead um, for large parts of the game, but Aberdeen came back, and obviously when you score a goal right at the death, as they did, it's a good way to start the season, of course, and it's, it almost showed that character that Aberdeen have, and as you say, to then go from that tight one to beat Boromir, as comfortable as they did. I think it was 9-0 that day. Um, you saw the talent they had, and obviously it's been the furthest north, but quite a, quite a distance. It, it is a, some, some length for teams to travel, and it might have played a part in it, but... Aberdeen have well, only lost one game at home all season, obviously one away as well. And once they got themselves in front, you never really thought there's a team that's gonna, gonna be capable of chasing them here. And then defeat to Hamilton, defeat to Thistle. Potentially at those times you thought, right, maybe they're gonna they're gonna struggle a bit, but instead bounce back both times with heavy wins again, important wins. And it's been it's been comfortable enough for them, and as we say, yeah, they've been the, they've been the best team and deservedly have been the side at the top of the table. So, yeah, full credit to them for overcoming the challenges they have faced, and I'm sure they'll be a good addition to, to the top flight next year.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that that one nil win against Hamilton Accies at New Douglas Park, where they kind of dug it out in the last the last minute, and actually the the one victory over Glasgow Women, who they're playing in our kind of one of the pickup games this week, um, two two results that maybe go a little bit under the radar when you look at some of the high scores that they they've certainly chopped up over over recent times. But yeah, I think very much deserved, deserved champions and I think are going to be a very, I think potentially a very exciting addition to SWPL1, not only because they bring, I think I said this in a tweet, geographic diversity, which is, you know, something that that is very central belt in SWPL1, but also their squad. I think we've talked about before the reason why this Glasgow Women game is getting played on Thursday is because so many of the scores are getting youth call-ups under, under a 1719 level. And I am, for one, really ex- excited to see how some of these players do, taking that step up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be an exciting addition, as you say. They've got that kind of the catchment area up in Aberdeen where they're able to get the best players from up in the northeast, And obviously, Ford for been the only real team in the Premiership or the Premier League one that's up the top there um, that, that Aberdeen um, I've had to sort of have to deal with the trips to Edinburgh and Glasgow mainly. So, Aberdeen will bring something different to that. And teams won't fancy getting up there, especially after the season I've had um, an SWPL2, as you mentioned. And some of these players, obviously, they're, they're getting game time not only together, but then at club level, but together at um, international level. And it's only going to benefit themselves. And you would hope the national sides um, in upcoming years as well. So, aye, I'm i looking forward to seeing Aberdeen and how they get on up there and I don't think they'll be a team that's. I mean, they're not going to be challenging for, for the league up next to SWPA 1, but I don't see them being kind of stuck at the bottom of the table. I'm sure they'll put up a good fight and we'll, we'll certainly plan to chances of the finishing ahead of some of the, the teams that have been in the bottom end of the Premier League 1 this season.
0: Yeah, and I mean, I, I do think that their squad definitely deserves a mention because it's a very young squad. I, I've talked about before how much I enjoy watching National Performance League games because it, it tends to be a bit bit more of an even competition and there's a lot of those players from that Aberdeen team from a couple of seasons ago that I watched that are, are now in the squad and then as, as we talked about, it, it is a, a very exciting squad and I think there will be players that a lot of people will be expecting a lot of next season. I think it'll be interesting how they cope with that different kind of pressure, obviously doing back-to-back promotions is a Fantastic achievement, irrespective of like which team it is does it and when they do it. So yeah, very much. I think uh, congratulations. I think it's a well earned. I think probably one of the most entertaining teams in the league. So yeah, congratulations to Aberdeen, but we will move on from Aberdeen because as I said, we don't have much to dissect in terms of the game. But we will move on to let's let's go to Burnham Thistle against Hamilton Hackies. Um Hamilton obviously current were in pole position for second place going into the weekend's fixtures. And they went through to Burnham Thistle I think most people. And I'm sure Burnham and Thistle will not take any slate of this, but I think most people were expecting a Hamilton Aki's win, Campbell. But as it turned out, they, they got an early goal through Amy Anderson. But uh, having watched the highlights, very, very even game. And uh, it could have gone either way after Beth McLeod got that equaliser.
1: It sums up Hamilton's season this year, where they were most people's favourites, including ourselves, to go on and uh, to win the league or at least get promotion and obviously they're still favourites to get promotion behind Aberdeen, but they've lost to at Johnson, again, a team who, well, I do respect Hamilton, are used to beating the team that are down um, sort of mid to bottom half of the table, and then they've beaten the three teams directly below and above them, and then draw the bottom. You're another team who's been down the bottom end, so it's just been the consistency for Hamilton, it's all good and well sticking up the big games, but if you're dropping points to some of these ones, then you're going to make it tough for yourselves, and they have done. Um, I mean, a couple of these games just maybe draws, turn them into a win or even pick up a point and once they've lost, and they, they would have been fine and they would have already been up. So it's it's their own fault that it's going to the last game of the season. United and Partick Thistle and obviously Aberdeen have had a good season. They have played really well. But Hamilton, for the players they've got and the side that they've had right from the start, you were thinking they would be right up there at the top. So to be to be still having to, having to chase that final spot going into the final days. is they'll be happy enough with it now given where they were a few weeks ago but it could have been so much simpler for them and again like we see on Sunday when they're a goal up they're getting a penalty and having Amy hey Anderson who doesn't miss penalties then miss a penalty they're making it hard for themselves and I, I still fancy them to do to go up on Sunday they should um, still be they are still favourites but there's just always that slight element of is this maybe going to go the wrong way for Hamilton? So it'll be interesting to see how they bounce back on Sunday because it's a game that, like you say, against bottom, they would have fancied themselves to win them going into it.
0: Yeah, I mean, as I said, from the, there was chances for for after it kind of went to one each, there was chances for both sides. I, you mentioned the Amy Anderson penalty. Um, it wasn't wasn't one of Amy Anderson's best penalties. We. She usually tucks them away pretty, particularly I think there was a bit of chat it's the first one she's missed in four years or something like that, so it wasn't one of our best and then I think Catherine McGovern had the chance right towards the end, off the crossbar, but Burnham or Thistle, I thought, from the highlights anyway, and obviously we can only go by the highlights, but I thought they looked, didn't look anything short of the value for the point and they, and we'll talk about like another team at the bottom end of the table, I've had a I've had a pretty good like second part of the season when when they reflect on obviously how they came into it, how their season started. And they have very much grown into the campaign
1: and it's a, it's another good result for them. It is. I mean Boromir and Aberdeen both obviously came up and then you look and you're saying, Well, Aberdeen have run away with it. Why You're not? But again it's of on a side that a few I have seen them, they're one of these teams that do try and get the ball down and play football and it's just lacking that bit of consistency um, this season that has obviously killed them. You're saying getting a point against the there there. There's some other games where they've taken points that they thought oh, we might not hear, but then they've went and dropped against some of the sides around them that, that they'll think they should have won. So, it's just trying to work on that consistency, but it's a good point for Borough Year. And I think overall with the, with the first season up, they'll, they'll be fairly pleased with how it's went. And hopefully next year they can build on that and try and force themselves that bit higher up the table because I think they're, they're certainly they're a well-run club um, and they're a club that's obviously got a good name in women's football. So hopefully they can keep that up and their first team can go on and push forward next season.
0: Yeah, they they are a a club with a lot of a lot of kudos, and they're obviously very well known for their youth development. Uh, I think Adi Hamley's might one of the most recent ones. Has obviously gone on to sign for Hibs. Uh, I also think that the there wasn't any live like video coverage, but they have the Thistle live Twitter. And it, although you know what, the, the tweets were the tweets did the job that they needed in terms of building the drama, especially when that ninety plus ten uh, came up. And I think there was many people kind of refreshing their their phones that are interested in SWPL too, and uh, that was happening in Gamble.
1: It certainly was. Um, a lot of the games kicked off at you know, similar times on Sunday, which doesn't often happen in SWPL too, but it did there. Obviously, that game kicked off at the same time as the one at Lochburn when Patithischl were kind of, coming off, having done their job that we'll get to, um, to then find that, for whatever reason, there was 10 minutes added on him um, through in Edinburgh. And it was a result that they were all happy with before realising there was still a point behind Hamilton anyway. But, aye, are a, a team that... So maybe not the best quality tweets, but they're there and they're keeping us up to date with what's going on. And certainly that's certainly important when, as you've said, a lot of the game don't have coverage. And it's disappointing that the Aberdeen United one didn't. Um, I know buses and things are maybe not people's strong points, but other than that, um, it's, it's disappointing. So I can, I can understand what, um, what happened there, but at least Birmingham had tweets for us. And it was it was good to keep up to date with what was a big result um, in SWPL2 on Sunday.
0: No, absolutely. And also, the, the opportunity Hockey, uh, Hamilton and Aki's had was to maintain a, a three point advantage over Partick Thistle. Um, I think, actually, in terms of the tenant stoppage, I think given by the highlights, and I, have, I can't confirm this, it looks like MT Garden picked up an injury, and that's maybe what caused a long delay. But moving on from that game, as I said, Aki's had the opportunity to go into the final game well in front in terms of goal difference and three points clear. However, um, they dropped the points and Part of had the opportunity to take advantage. And Part of who always get their games out on YouTube, which is really good when you find that you can't go outside for five days. So um, I, uh, I fired up the YouTube machine and you we were at Lockbourne Park Gamble. So, um, yeah, pretty, I think it was a pretty routine for Part of against Queen's Park, given obviously Mark Cox stepped away. I think it was the under-19 head coach that was in, was in charge at Queen's on, on Sunday. But uh, a result that Part of will needed after obviously the defeat against Aberdeen midweek.
1: It was. I mean, that Aberdeen result was one that was, was certainly going to be a player in their mind. And they would have been really disappointed with it. But coming up against the Queen's Park side, who have been depleted by injuries and having to play a lot of their 19s as well, turning up with two subs, became one sub after about 20 minutes. And they're playing against a Thistle side that have got a, 100, what, a 100% record since moving to Loughborough. it was never going to be easy. And to be fair, it was a fairly even game to begin with. And then once Thistle got that first goal, it was kind of like, right, that's... That's in my head, maybe they're going to run away with it. And then for the next 15 minutes, didn't didn't really do much. And then I turned to um, Kenny from anyone's game beside me and says, I think Queens have played pretty well. And in the next eight minutes, they gave away three goals. And that just <laughs> kind of turned everything away. And it was, it was really sloppy the last 10, 15 minutes of that half Queens part where they had played fairly well. They'd restricted Thistle to nothing really great chances wise. And then... Just every time this're came forward, they, they looked at the score and they got the three goals. They could have had another couple before half time. And from then on, it was just kind of, right, we know we've won this game. A bit similar to Aberdeen up in Dundee. Um, and the second half, a bit like the Stirling game, I think, as you described the other week, was pretty much a non-event with Thistle. They know they're going to win the game and then we're just kind of, oh, right, we can, we can take, take our foot off the gas a wee bit here. um. Well, obviously they went on to get a fifth goal. So, I mean, Brian Graham wasn't best pleased at full time with aspects of the performance, but it's a win. And it was an important win that keeps them obviously right in the hunt come Sunday.
0: Yeah, and I imagine it'll, it'll, it'll be a similar frustration as to the game against London University, where they had that first half and they, um, they kind of blew the opposition away and then they didn't really add to, to the goals. And I, I've mentioned that already because that that win puts them within a point of Hamilton Ackeys, but there is a five-goal swing and... Do you know what? I think if 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 you're a part of this when you look at how those two games started and the fact that in the second half so both of those you maybe got a goal in each, you probably think to yourself that could have been another another thing to swing it in their favour. But it, it does mean Campbell um, that we have a a very exciting exciting last day. We've got another exciting last day of the SLPL two season. Um, obviously Aberdeen against Glasgow Women is still to happen. Um, it's going to happen Thursday night. And we're recording on Tuesday as it stands at the moment. Um. But we have got a, a, a race now. You've mentioned it already. Hamilton Ackies, obviously, in second place, 35 points. Partick Thistle in third on 34. And Dundee United are still in um, on fourth place on 33 points. I uh, I popped out a wee permutations graphic uh, after the games on Sunday. Um, so to, to keep it right, Hamilton Ackies are at home at Kelly and Dundee United are playing Partick Thistle. So Ackies will be promoted if they get victory over Kilmarnock. If hamilton Aki's draw, then Dundee-Need to be promoted. All they need is a 15-goal victory. That's all I'm saying. That is the facts of the situation. A 15-goal victory over of thistle um, would see them go up if Aki's draw. If Aki's draw, Thistle can go up with a win of any kind, so 1-0 or 15-0, that will do the job for them. And if Aki's lose then lose to Kelly, then a victory for either Dundee United or Partick Thistle will see them promoted. So a street loss for Aki, and victory for either will see them go up. Obviously, if Dundee United and Partick will draw, Aki will go up unless you lose 5-6-0 to, to Kilmarnock. Dundee United are still in it, Campbell, but I think they're, they're obviously arriving. Aki's probably getting beat. It feels like it's a, a toss-up between Aki's favourites and then Partick Thistle and then maybe Dundee United the outsiders. Is that a, a fair order
1: to suggest it in just now? mean the table suggests that. So I'd agree with you there. Um it would be just typical United and Thistle, wouldn't it, if Aki's were to go and go and lose their game or go and draw the game and then United and Thistle draw each other anyway. That's that's likely what would happen if you're the team in that situation. But it's it's down to Hamilton. Um it's a game where on paper they'll think they should win. But those are the games that they seem to have struggled in this season, so you wouldn't even back them like hundred percent. So we'll be interested in how that goes. Um Kilmarnock are a that are on really good form themselves, but probably the form team um, since the restart, obviously, excluding Aberdeen. Kelly have come back and have, have really looked good, um, other than that defeat to, to Stirling Uni, who themselves obviously looked good. But Kilmarnock will make it easy for Aki's. I think that will certainly be a battle of a game um, on Sunday, but Hamilton will know that if they can just focus on their football and then get the win that they need, then obviously that's, that would send them up. But it's... It's not going to be an easy game for them. And then obviously the other two playing each other, they both know what they've got to do. So it's anything could happen, but you have to put Hamilton as um, favourites at the minute.
0: Yeah, I'd, I would say Hamilton are favourites. I mean, I think the thing with Kelly is the, the game that they played against him in the first part of the season. Let's just call it the first part and second part of the season. Let's make life easy for ourselves. In the first part of the season, um, uh, Hamilton won 1-0, but then the drop was changed to three know so that, that that in itself was a tight game down at Rugby Park, and likewise for Donegal United Park. So we were both actually at that game at lockinch where they drew one each. Um, so I, I think both games will be will be tight on Sunday. I don't think I'm not expecting either team to to walk over walk over the other. Um, you've mentioned Comarnic's form. Let's let's bring Comarnic into the next because they are obviously an important part of what will happen on Sunday. They defeated St Johnston two one on on Sunday. Um, uh, an early goal from May Carey, and then. Uh, Kilmarnock came back. Abby Robinson's getting the winner. that's kind of done the rounds on Twitter in various different video forms uh, over the last uh, week or the so, last few days. Um, another good result for Kilmarnock. Um, another strange result for Kilmarnock because for the second game in a row they didn't have a recognised keeper in goal, um, and in this one they actually had to sub- substitute the keeper for another outfield player uh, in the sixth minute and. Credit for um, Kirsten McDonald for putting her hands up and saying that she she's willing to go and go, and then obviously Rebecca Galt as well for saying she would do it when she came on as a sub. And it does make a nice story, the fact that they, you know, they got they got a couple of victories on the back of having not having a goalkeeper. At the same time, not having a goalkeeper for two starting without a goalkeeper for two league games, is um, yeah, it wouldn't be what I would choose as a, as a look to try and promote uh, promote a game.
1: Um no. I, I suppose it's kind out of with their own control. Obviously Laura McGregor has been has been out for, for other reasons. Um I mean we can mourn about the keepers, but at the end of the day they've played without a goalkeeper in the one two games, so in you know, commands they have a lot of credit for that. But it's there's been there's been a lot of problems with goalkeepers in SWPL2 this season, whether that be wearing bibs or simply not having one. It's it's not a great look for the league, let's be honest. It's it's no something that we want to be talking about but it had to be done and obviously Kelly have managed to do it there with we, two outfield players and as you say Kirsty McDonald has done very well to put a hand up in the first place so it's especially having just joined the club and not really played many games suddenly she's now played I think more games in goal than she has outfield for them so it's it's a story but it's it's not a great look at all but um, obviously it's been connected with commanders control if they don't have a certain second keeper could they brought one up from 19 or whatever I don't know I don't know what the circumstances are but aye, it's not brilliant as we say they're a fair play commander for picking up these two wins and it's form that if they would shown in the first half of the season they'd have been right up there and they'd maybe they're slightly disappointed with that with the first half performance. I think they're a better side than than they showed um before Christmas but they've come back, showed some really good form and deservedly claimed a few places in the table. So they'll certainly make it tough for Hamilton on Sunday. It's I say it's a game that's got a lot of a lot of needle there I think so we'll see how that goes and I'm looking forward to it on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely not to take away from Kelly's performances, that beating Glasgow in four one, and then I think beating, I mean, beating St. Johnson two one on Sunday is uh, particularly stood out, considering the the circumstances that they were operating within. So I think they, they do need do need some credit for the results they've turned in, and, and as you say, the the form towards the back in that's three wins on the bounce for them now, and it's a it's a runner form that, as you say, if they maybe hit a little bit earlier on the season, who knows? But uh, yeah, I'm glad you brought goalkeepers in general because yeah, bibs not for me either. Um, uh, It's, uh, it's yeah, it'll be a thing to get sorted for next season, I think is probably the best way to put it. But, uh, yeah, good result result for Kilmarnock and a good run of form. And, obviously, I I think you're absolutely right. I think Hamilton should have enough to beat Kilmarnock based on players available, where they are in the league, form over the course of the season. But I can't remember the last time a Hamilton against Kelly game hasn't been tight. It always feels like that's one of those games that, it could go either way. And as we've already talked about, Hamilton have dropped points to Borromeo Thistle and they obviously had that, that 1-0 defeat to St. Johnson that was at as well. So it's still very much in Hamilton's hands, but Kelly Kelly could, could cause it. And if Kelly do cause it, it's Dundee United against of Thistle. Um, Dundee Redding obviously are at home. They they do need a massive win if the results go in one way, but a win will also do it for them if the results go another way. Who, what, what do you think of the game coming up? I think of Thistle probably had the more I mean Dundee United have obviously had a bit of a problem in terms of like getting squads uh, players kinda of out for, for the squads and they've had a couple of heavy defeats in the last couple of weeks, but it's still one game and do you know if some of the players are back, it's still possible and it's still possible for either them or part of Tissot to go up.
1: It is possible, and that's what United you know, will have to be have to be thinking, in into the game. But if I'm being brutally honest, I don't think there's been any team in the league I've watched this season and Brent, right? They've looked good every time I've seen them. They've been really consistent. I've seen Aberdeen twice and They've not been great in either game, but they won them. And I think that has been the main kind of thing there, that they've been ahead. United and Thistle as well. United, I think. Even the games have won comfortable. They've maybe not looked, not looked great, but they went that kind of spell in the middle of the season. They were, they, I were the exact number, but it was a crazy amount of games unbeaten. that's gotten them to up there. And Even Thistle, I mean, they seem to be a very SWPL1 team in the types of they score their goals and bursts. And then once they've got that, they're just going kind to of take the foot off the gas a bit. Akkies have been poor for what for what we're used to seeing for them, but again, they're getting the job done now. And I think United Thistle will be a really tight game. United have obviously just had a few players missing. I don't know if isolation periods and things will be done. Um, but I have Thistle as slight favourites to be honest. We got up there, I haven't seen them on, on Sunday. For large parts of the game, they weren't really brilliant. But with Brian Graham and the players that Ricky Foster name there, they've done it with the men's side at the end of the season for getting promoted and I think that could play a part in just kind of of relaying it to the girls as to what they're expecting for them and how to keep calm and what have you in the situation so it'll be a tight game you would think but depending on who United have back available Patrick this will to me are just favourites at the minute but having said that watch United go and win 15-0 now knowing that they have to do it so I'm looking forward to Sunday I think both games as you say should be quite tight Um, but Oh, yeah, everything's possible at the minute, but I think Hamilton certainly have to be the favourites um, going into Sunday.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I mean, to be fair, I'm not to just hang you out about a prediction for Dundee United. Part of this as well. I, I, I'm edging towards similar to you. I think part of this will have. I'm, I'm now going to officially start the campaign. I think part of this will have the best player in the league in Claire Doherty, and I think she's been particularly good. If her and uh, Sophie Gallagher both get a chance to start. I think that could be really important for them. But yeah, Dundee United have goals in their team as well. And as you've mentioned, if some of those players are back, then that will make it a, a really interesting game, particularly if news filters and news will filter, I've got no doubt, if something happens at, at New Douglas Park, um, I think it could potentially change the dynamic of that game as well. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to the fact we have something to kind of talk about and look forward to in the on the last day of SWPL2 season which is really good. Um, There's one last game we haven't talked about yet and that is Stirling University against Glasgow Women and Stirling University picked up their second win in four games. Um, Another team who have come back and do you know what, Tim Jones, the Stirling University manager, after they got defeated by Part of Thistle said that he felt they had a couple of good results coming and they obviously picked up that point against Queen's Park and then they beat the Glasgow Women's side who have kind of Bit of a damp, damp end to their season. They've not not really picked up their results, and uh, it's a really good result for Stirling University picking up that second win of the season.
1: It's good. Um, it's two teams that have had completely different kind of fortunes in the second half of the season. The Glasgow men came in and were probably just outside the teams that could have been promoted, but have just totally collapsed. Whereas Stirling have been able to play with Ophi at the bottom. They know they can't get relegated or anything like that and hadn't maybe not been great start of the season but like you say they've, they've been able to pick up some important points just to make um just to kind of narrow that gap at the bottom and make it look a bit more respectable for them and I would say it would be one of the form teams still and you need to beat them a couple of weeks ago um, whether it was a penalty or not and then obviously against Glasgow and again having gone a goal down they've done well to we'll come back and beat them there so it's it's a positive end to the season for Stirling and they hope they continue that going out next year again. As so many of the teams have, it's, it's been right a real stop-start season, so it won't have helped anyone. Um, but if Stirling can get that bit of consistency, that could be helpful for them because obviously, as you're saying there, when you're going into games and it was almost that kind of attitude of, oh, we know we're going to lose here because the heads are down from previous results. It's never the attitude you want. No one likes losing. So it's good to see that that mentality perhaps changed at Stirling. Um, Glasgow women are... I can't even put my finger on what's going on there. They've got a really good young squad with that experience going through it as well. But have they've just been really, really disappointing. And all these games have had a couple of heavy defeats. Um and it's not been good for them. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see um how they go on um, from on Sunday obviously not much for them to play for, but going into the next season it'll be it will be an interesting side to watch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for Stirling University to have got a couple of wins as well because if you think about the rot that set in um, when they got relegated, they obviously didn't win a game and then they went so long without without victory in SWPL two. And next season, the relegation will be back. There's championship sides that will have aims to to get into SWPL two. So I think it's really important, to, and particularly for the competitiveness of the division, that we are seeing all the teams picking points off of each other. And I think it's a good sign that for next season it will be. As tight as it always is, which makes SWPL2 one of the, the best leagues in the world, if not the best league in the world. But uh, yeah, in terms of the games coming up, we already talked about the fact that Aberdeen are playing Glasgow Women on Thursday night. Um, that's obviously one of the pickup fixtures. And then, in final day of the season, Aberdeen will lift the trophy at home to Boroughmuir Thistle. Uh, St Johnson are taking on Stirling University. Glasgow Women are playing Greens Park. And then the big two will decide the second promotion place Hamilton Ackies against Kelly and Dundee United against Park Thistle. All games are four o'clock kickoffs. Um, Going by what is historically the case, I would imagine that the only game that you'll be able to watch from home will be Hamilton Acquis against Kelly. Uh, But that might change. And if that changes, obviously we'll, we'll fire it out. But Aberdeen, I know had some highlights up behind the Red TV paywall. Um, the United won't have the game out. St John's tenth and not 10 now the Glasgow women so it might just be Hamilton Kelly. But you know what? You still get to enjoy the fun, and you can get the Twitter machine up and watch the updates come from from the United past at as well. But yeah, super exciting last day of the season. I think we're both going to go to Hamilton. I think that's that's been the. I know you definitely are. I think that's that's where I'm going to as well. But we'll, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But let's move away from SW to WPL two, and let's let's go back to SWPL one because. Ed, some transfers have been creeping in over the last kind of couple of weeks and we thought, do you know what, good time. We haven't really talked about SWPL1 for a, a few weeks. So let's have a wee chat about them. And I think I think the, the thing that brought this to our attention in terms of a good time to do it was a couple of things that had happened at Glasgow City this week and uh, Jeanine Van Wyke and Zanetta Vine have both uh, moved out. Um, Jeanine Van Wyke, it sounds like, has uh, gone back to South Africa to do, uh, do work with her club that she's got over there. And Zanetta Vine got a move to West Ham United, which... I was a, a little bit surprised about if I'm being if I'm being totally honest. I thought was, I think Jeanette, uh, Jeanine Janine Van Wyk, I think for me, is definitely a player of the year contender. The impact she had at Glasgow City was um tremendous, especially with the partnership with Arna Asgrim's daughter, and then the way that she kind of helped Jenna Clark develop. I think Jenna became a better defender in that second part of the season from playing beside her. And I thought Zanetta Vine was was definitely one of the, quietly one of City's best players in terms of that wing back role and then her versatility to play in the middle, but I mean, first of all, Janine, that's a big loss for Glasgow City and a big, a big hole for them to f- them to fill. Campbell,
1: uh, It will be, but um, I think it was. I think it know known she was never going to be a long term fix, and it was maybe only going to be for this season. But she's she's done the job, and what has been a tougher year for Glasgow City that they've maybe not had in previous seasons. And obviously, just before Christmas, there was the worry of they could kind of slip right away here. But Janine was one of these players that came in and was able to. Fully, then recover to start them, um, and in, in the new year, and City were relentless on their kind of pursuit to the title. She was obviously crucial at the back there. Just say and you you could see even just positionally and we things like that. The experience she had and how that helped not just herself and City, but like you see other players, such as Jenna Clark, she will be a miss. Um, but I think it's one they would have anticipated. And City's recruitment recently has been very very good, so I'm sure they'll find some other gem from Antigua. Or God knows where next. As far as I or Vine or whenever—I don't know how she pronounced her name. I do apologize. Um, but it was one which wasn't always starting, and then but when she did, look at a very good player. As you said, was quite versatile and, and could play elsewhere other than obviously at fullback. And then is now at West Ham, which is, it was a bit of a strange one. But West Ham themselves have had a lot of change, a lot of plays in and out there, um, and also a lot of upheaval with man upheaval with managers and things as well. So I'm not quite sure the kind of where West Ham their plan is at the minute to go but I think she will be a useful sign and whether she's a first team player or not I don't know but she'll certainly be able to come in there and be a good squad addition um, to West Ham and hopefully we'll be able to see her as well and the FA player and what have you in the WSL so it's a good move for her and I hope she does well.
0: Yeah I hope she she does well too because it means that the level of the SWPL one is (laughs) uh, is definitely getting better Um, and it means that maybe more players will be able to make that transition and it does make SWPL one a more attractive destination for maybe some players that have come from further afield, which we're we talk a bit because we have talked about the fact that City have now lost two kind of two pretty important defensive options, and they have brought one in uh, from Portugal, um, Agata Filipa or Filipina. I can't. i Filipina is what she's been put on lots of websites, but Agata Filipa seems to be what she's gone for on um, on social media. So we'll, we'll go with that. Um, don't know tons about her. Let's be honest. I, I tried did my usual YouTube scroll. She has been capped by. Portugal and played for Braga in the Champions League. She was part of the team that lost uh, to PSG, I think, two seasons ago uh, in the last 16. But international quality players kind of very much fits City's MO at the moment in terms of bringing players in to kind of complement the a Scottish core that they're, they're trying
1: to build around. It does, City have been the main side, if you will, bringing in foreign talent, and then obviously you've seen it a bit more in recent, well, this season really with Rangers and Celtic, and again, haven't seen. Any of Agatha from in live games, of course, because we're not in Portugal, but um, hopefully, it's a player that again kind of shows just what City are looking to do. You've, you look at the players I have brought in previously, you mentioned obviously Jane Farnvite and Anna Askram's at the back, players like that, and hopefully, she can be another one that slots into what is already strong and strengthening City defence. So, I've been trying to see how she gets on against a totally different league over here from. Yeah, into mean, Scotland as it is from a lot of European countries, so I'd imagine Portugal will be the same. And hopefully, she can be be a good sign for City and we can keep up this competitive level test wpl one that we had this season.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I did go looking at my usual because I know Portuguese Liga Feminina games are up and there, but I uh, would have had to watch the entire games and as as we've already discussed, busy times and busy times. But yeah, I'm very very excited to see another new player in the league, and. Let's talk about. Uh, let's, let's, there hasn't been much news from Celtic in terms of players coming in or out at the moment. I think probably the only thing of note is Anna Philby's obviously been released in Tottenham, and I think if Celtic are savvy, they would certainly try and make a, a move to keep her because I think she was one of their more, most impressive performers in that second part of the season. Campbell,
1: yeah, she was. Was um, Celtic's midfield was really strong um, on a few occasions. I saw them towards the end of the season and see the T-Guard and Lisa Robertson obviously are, are doing well. I know she just just been married. Um, but Anna Filby was we certainly one that did stand out for me every time I watched them. Her performance I put forth was exceptional and was getting on the score sheet as well. And obviously she's going from her social media, like Twitter posts and what have you, she seems to be saying she'll believe in Celtic. and But there is still the chance there, as you say. She's currently a free agent. So if Celtic want to make a move, it would not surprise me if they do. And it would be a player that I'd like to see stay in Scotland. She certainly helped carry Celtic up a level and helped It was good to watch in the league and we want to see the best players, don't we? So... I think it should be a good sign if Celtic and hopefully they go and make that move, but we don't know, maybe they've got other targets in mind. I'm sure Fran Alonzo will have plenty of tricks up his sleeves. He's he's certainly a knowledgeable man he's got his own contact as well from from down south. So I'm sure Celtic will bring in signings themselves and be ready to go for the for the Champions League campaign. Yeah, I'm sure Big Mammy
0: Vice will be will be sorted. uh as as everybody knows, I'm a big fan of his white jacket and bright little t-shirt combo. It's, it's a look I definitely couldn't pull off. So um, fair play to Fran for that for that one. But um yeah, from from Glasgow City, let's talk about Rangers. Obviously, they had a disappointing end to the season, missing out in the Champions League places. Um no players coming in, but uh, a couple of players going out. Sonia Neon, uh, Dana Burma. Dana Burma signed for Servette already in, in Switzerland, and also Carlo Girasoli, which caught me a little bit by surprise in B. Campbell, because I thought that she was you know, she had a pretty, pretty good spell with Rangers at the back end. That season, especially when she was getting a bit more regular game time, when they were rotating between her, Chantal Swaby, and, and not so much Bianca Vestrop because she's obviously kind of the mainstay. But I was a bit surprised to see that she was gone. But it'll be interesting to see what her next move is. I think is is my my take on that one. Yeah, she was one of the players that was obviously at
1: City and at first not getting game time behind some of the more experienced players but one that you thought would, would stay there and become a regular maybe in a couple of years so to then leave was surprising, obviously popped up got a training with a couple of SWPL2 clubs and then suddenly was at Rangers and she was crucial to Rangers there when obviously Demi Vance was out and before they obviously got Chantel Swaby in there was someone there to fill that void and kind of did a very good job of it and then obviously Rangers have had a disappointing end to the season as you say and maybe they just want to go down a different route with defenders. Um, Obviously, you get Demi Vance, wherever she was back in after what was obviously a bad injury, they'll then have three international quality centre-backs there. And maybe at Carly's younger age, maybe that's just simply going against her. So I'm sure they'll bring someone else in, but yeah, it is quite an interesting uh, signing. Yeah, it's an interesting departure, sorry, for Carly. I'll be, be intrigued to see where she goes next.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in terms of the rest of the league, the only other side that... I've seen making kind of moves has been Hibs, who have probably the most eye-catching one has been the signing of Michaela macaloney from, from Spartans. Obviously, Spartans... I was going to say Spartans' captain. I feel like she's definitely worn the armband at, at some point. Maybe not? Yeah, she's maybe worn it at some point. Not not captain, but she's definitely worn the armband at some point. For, uh, Scotland Under-19 captain, for sure. She has done, She has taken on that role. Um, it's an interesting move, this one, because you would say that given how, obviously how the season that's just gone has panned out, Spartans to Hibbs isn't a massive jump, but I think what Hibs have in their favour is obviously the legacy they have in terms of player development and then seeing players get into national team squads and move, making their moves down south. And I think it's maybe a, a necessary wee bump up for, for Michaela in terms of our, the, the next step in her development, especially as we've talked about before, that, that jump from under-19 level for Scotland to the national team is still huge and is still there. So I think that's definitely a it's a it's a wise move, and it's obviously a move that doesn't change tons for her, other than kind of the club she's playing for in terms of location, setup, and all, all that kind of thing.
1: Ah, uh, you summed it up pretty well there. I mean, Hibs are obviously a, a big club, and as you said, they've had they've had that track record of players going from from there to bigger things, whether that be at teams higher up in Scotland or down south. Um, and they've been at that level above Spartans previous years. Yes, they're a bit tighter now, but I think it's a move that could help Hibbs strengthen a bit more back to where they have been in previous years. It's been a kind of transitional season for them here, but I think it's a good sign for, for both uh, the club and for Michaela herself. She's certainly a player that has always caught the eye um, and was great for the national side at 19th level, as you've said, and there is a big gap there, but Hibs could be a good stepping stone for her, whether it then becomes she's in the squad from Hibs or gets a move down south, obviously remains to be seen, but... It's a move that I think should be good, and it's, it's good as well that we've, we've still got her in the league because she's been an exciting player to watch for Spartans in previous seasons.
0: Yeah, she's definitely a player that I think will benefit from a, a, a move that is going to be perceived as up the, up the table, so I think that's definitely a, a good one. They, they've also signed Erin Rennie, a young player from Fort Farmington, and Alexa Coyle, another uh, American import, to add to, to a couple that they've already brought in as well. So Hibs have, Hibs have obviously been playing super tight with numbers, Basically, through the entirety of this uh,
1: the, the season, just gone past there, Campbell. So they needed to bring players in, and they they certainly have done that. They have done. Um, obviously, there's a couple of players that were due to come in that are going to be here now for the start of this season. So three, four, five names there that they're adding in. Just even to bulk up the squad is going to be important because it's been tough when they've had to play the same team in a lot of games. And obviously, we saw them against Hearts. name. You year was saying the same when they're playing that many games and with such a small squad, it's not easy. So it'll be good there just to give them more to work with. And hopefully we see Hibs impress a bit more because it would be a disappointing season from their point of view for large parts of it. So they'll hope to be a bit more competitive again next year and we'll see how that goes. And hopefully these signings are going to improve them and again improve the quality of the league and make it entertaining for us to watch every Sunday afternoon.
0: Every Sunday afternoon. Absolutely. Uh, Right, last thing we're going to talk about before Sweden Ukraine starts because it's about five minutes away. Um, We are obviously on the same week as the Champions League draws are getting made. It feels like it's literally just finished and we're back again with it. Uh, Preliminary round draws are being made. The first preliminary round is only between two ties, so two two teams. Sorry, so no no need to worry about that. But uh, obviously Glasgow City, Champions, will have the Champions path and will get a tough tie, but one that they'll they'll fancy. And Celtic are in the league path, and I mean. It's going to be tough for Celtic looking at the league path teams. You've got the likes of Bronby, Zurich, Arsenal, Bordeaux, Hoffenheim, Levante, Milan. I mean, it's great to have two teams in the Champions League, but obviously with this new format, it certainly is going to make things tough for, for Glasgow, tougher for Glasgow City. But, I, I mean, the league path, I, just, I look at it and I think any Scottish team going into that path is going to, going to be praying that they get a draw that, that helps them out a little bit to kind of get through that tie.
1: Aye, I mean, City have they've got the experience of having done it before, and again, like you say, it's not going to be an easy game for them. Whoever they get, um, I'm not quite sure their opponents, but you're the champions of your country, especially with the new qualification, they set up as you've discussed. It's not going to be, it's not going to be easy for City. But again, some of the new players coming in and keeping the majority of this squad that's obviously won the title yet again, you'd have to fancy that they'll do, them, do themselves feel proud. Um, yeah, the league path isn't easy from from what I have seen. It's it did look complicated for Celtic obviously we've seen Hibs in previous years where they had to go through this sort of qualification thing and played on a crap pitch out in Slovenia and then get through to play a Slavia Prague team at themselves and just been in the last 16 or quarter final or something the year before so it's, it's not an easy route through and I'm sure it'll be tough for Celtic again but They'll be full of confidence having just got there for the first time in their history and they'll be able to play with kind of any fear, regardless of the opponents they get, and just take it into their stride. And for a lot of the players, it'll be their first experience of European football. So to get that, they've just got to kind of go on with it and try not to let the occasion get to them too much. And you never know, they could get a favourable drone. Perhaps we'll be seeing two teams get through to the knockout rounds of, of the European competition, although it's, it's certainly going to be a tough ask.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a tough ask. I mean, potentially so far, for Glasgow City, you'd have to go through two rounds, basically, to get into the group stages and teams that are in their path are like, of the likes of Juventus, 20, St Pogetown, the, the, the much uh, much talked about Kazigar, who I'm sure they'll be wanting to avoid again, Anytime you speak about Kaziksan, it's like flashback them, Benfica, so I mean, the, the, the path for both sides is going to be really tough, so it's, this is why making moves now is really important, but the draw for that is on Friday, and obviously we'll, we'll pop out a confirm uh, confirming that, and we wish them the best of luck because Scottish success is, is what we're here for. That's what we live and breathe. Um, but I think that wraps up the podcast for this week. So, Campbell, thank you much for coming on, buddy. No problem. No problem at all. Um, and also, we will be back next week. Um, we'll try and get it out nice and early next week because I think we'll have to. Um, but um, yeah, we'll be back next week to discuss who has made it into SWPL1 along with Aberdeen. But for now, thank you much for listening. Stay safe and we'll speak again soon.